Rising up back on the street. Did my time, took my chances. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, okay. Welcome to Dragon's Cast, a podcast brought to you by Dak Pack alums that are all losers. But first, we discuss Drexel basketball. With me today, I have Marshall Fleming. Good day, mate. Nick and Trieri. Back in the booth. Bill Martin. What's up, guys? And I am your host, uh, Leon McCutton, and we have a very special guest with us today. We have Rafael Cohen, who I, I can say with some level of confidence is probably our only listener. I wouldn't say that. I think he's one of our most steady listeners. Uh, I mean, you're right. You, we probably have at least three listeners. What do you think of the podcast, Rob? I think, uh, I, th- I think you guys are doing a great job. One of the things uh, I think Rob's been very good with, other than, of course, the DAC Pack uh, walk. Is that is that the DAC Pack walk? Is yeah. The DAC Pack walk, donating that. Now, you did you work with – so how did that come to be? Can you give us a little bit of background on that? Because I think you and Liz were pretty critical in having that set up. I know you have Nick as the president up there, but there's a picture of me with Disco Steve on my – Wearing a Disco Steve shirt up there. Where's that picture at? It's the it's, it's the fucking the, the banner yeah. that's in the Dak Pack walk over there. It's like the one day I showed up without the Dak Pack shirt, and I'm up there. Uh, immortalized forever. Immortalized forever. Uh, much to my chagrin, but uh, do you still have the Disco Steve shirt? Uh, I think I do actually. <laughs> I don't think I fit into it because I've gotten too fat. But other than that, I do have a Disco <laughs> Steve shirt. You should still break that out for the next Drexel basketball game. You know what? So people just, can like identify uh, you yeah. with the picture. He's that guy, just yeah. just uh, wider, <laughs> just extremely wider. But uh, so it, I, I always wanted to actually talk to you about how that came to be because. It was uh, something that I think you guys uh, worked on making hap- making happen, and it's it's a very good kind of memorializing how even Dak Pack came to be. So is that is there like could you guys give a little bit of, uh, maybe give us a little background on how that came to be and what brought it about? Yeah, so I was being cheeky earlier, but um, just quick sidebar: I do think what you guys have done with the podcast is awesome because I think for. Drexel basketball to be fun and continue to grow and you know, be quote unquote mainstream. It has to go beyond the court. And I think that your guys take on, on what's happening and the fans and suits, uh, it just adds a different level of um, accessibility to the, uh, to the program. So um, kudos for what you guys have done this year. Uh, thanks man. So for the walk, um, it was something that, uh, you know, Liz and I, when we look back on our time at Drexel, we, we obviously were undergrads Um and then we worked in the athletic department while we were both in grad school. Uh, so we both had a lot of opportunities that were uh, made possible by Drexel Athletics and specifically basketball. So we wanted a way to give back. And I think one of the unique things about Drexel's program is that by and large, it's still being defined. Um, and so we had the opportunity to uh, contribute to, to get the walk started. And I really wanted it to become a platform for other alums to have a way to participate at a level that's reasonable for, for young alums. And so what you see now is that in addition to uh, the banners for, for the DAC pack presidents, um, everybody can donate to have their own memory added to the walk. So uh, for four hundred dollars, which you can break out over two years, you get a three foot by four foot picture from uh, whatever memory you, you choose, and you get to write up your own custom 
uh, custom description of that memory. So mine was the uh, Drexel versus Nova game in 2006 when we beat Villanova. Um, Jap Kirat has a, a, a memory about um, the women's team winning the, the CAA title and, and rushing the court. Um, I've been speaking with a couple band alums that are going to put one up. So it's, uh, we thought a really cool way to get more alums engaged in, in helping the program be successful. Um, and, and I do, I do know from speaking with folks at other programs that alumni support, no matter, you know, what capital level they're, they're giving at it, it does really matter, um, to recruits, to players, to potential coaches. So it's exciting to, to have a place to, to, to get that started. Hey, hey, Rob, I didn't actually know about that memory thing. I'm going to um, count me in. Love it. And uh, What form actually, do I got to fill out? <laughs> I'll, put you in touch, uh, I'll put you in touch with the, the person who, who heads it up within athletics. But tomorrow is Drexel's annual day of giving. So it would be uh, you know, a good way. I, I know the, the basketball program posted something today. So it would definitely be a good way for you to uh, support the program through something that's – Again, it's a cool way to bring family if you're, they're coming to a game, bring them through and show them you know, your place in the DAC. I mean, how many other people at, at a D1 basketball program can literally say that they help build the program in ways that, that we all have? I mean, Nick, you were the president when I was a freshman, right? And that's something that all these years later when we're old and Leon, I'm with you. I'm, I'm old and fat as well. Um, we, Not as uh, fat as Leon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at him right now. Oh, Time hasn't, gravity hasn't I, done me any favors. I'm with you, Rob. I mean, I think, you know, that's the thing that's attracted us all and over different generations of Drexel um, students. Um, you know, we're all involved you know, in bas- Drexel basketball, and I think that's one of the greatest things about it is we have a Division One um, competitive program. You know, we're a little bit down right now, but Zach is going to bring us back. Very confident of it. Mm. And, um, Did you know that rhyme before you started the sentence? What? Did you know that would rhyme before you no, started the man, sentence? No, it oh, just flows good. right off the dome. Yeah, no. Um, but we were. It was not too big of a program that you just get lost. You're just a number. I mean, our seats are freaking ridiculous. Um, we know every. We walk into the gym and everyone knows everybody else. Um, it makes it so much fun, and it goes beyond basketball. I couldn't agree with what you said. Everything you said, um, in so many ways. So, uh, and you've been a tremendous, tremendous, in the words of Trump, uh, <laughs> supporter of the team. Um, dare I say, huge supporter? <laughs> <laughs> huge. Um, with the blue and gold club and the Dak Pack and um, just everything with the Dak Pack walk. So, um, you know, uh, you know, thanks for the kudos and more and more kudos to you. Yeah, but talking about, I guess, just the, the blue and gold club and the blue and gold team even. So the – this I, I remember the, we had – we participated or Drex, you participated in the, Drexel, uh, the basketball tournament a few years back. And this year, you've uh, assembled a pretty, pretty sick team. Uh, bringing back, I think you mentioned yesterday, five of uh, probably our top scorers at Drexel history. Uh, the basketball tournament is, uh, I guess, did, did you got? I don't know if uh, Nick, Bell, you, any of you guys want to take or Rob yourself. Like, uh, how did the basketball tournament come to be? Do you guys remember or? What was the? I know there's this year. There's the basketball tournament. There's also the what is it? The three on three 
tournament three. No, no, there's a whole separate three on three tournament with Iverson and Baron Davis. Is uh, that's a completely separate tournament? Yeah, I know, I know but I'm yeah. just saying there's a lot more post NBA, like t- almost yeah. like semi pro type of basketball I'm, tournaments that yeah, are coming. I'm not sure. Yo, Rob, do you know how? Maybe you can tell us how that started and you know what we're doing with Drexel now with TBT. So the the entire TBT started, I believe it was 2014, uh, the year before we participated. Um, they're backed by a bunch of private equity guys in Boston, and it's a it's a for profit enter- enterprise, and they're not uh, ashamed to to say that, which I think is is really cool um, because it really does raise the level of everything that they do. Um, so we got started in 2015, a friend of mine who was actually a manager for the men's team when we were all in school, he had passed along my name to them and I chatted and thought it would be a really cool way to, to get involved. And I really had no idea what it entailed, but signed up. And um, fortunately I had gotten to know a, a couple of the guys when, when we were in grad school. And so it was, um, pretty easy to get them signed up and they then helped get some of the other guys on. And so we ended up getting a, a you know, I'd say good group of guys together. We had a couple of ringers from other schools, but uh, the thing that we, I think underestimated was just how competitive it would be, right? You know, there's a million dollars on the line and there's ESPN games on the line. But when we showed up and the other team was running sets and they had been practicing for weeks and our guys, had just gotten done with their pro seasons. So it was, it was definitely different. And um, I remember Chris Fouch in the post game saying, uh, we'll be back. And we took 2016 off. And this year I was just late to the game, um, bouncing from one startup uh, to, to the, the startup I'm currently at. And um, so I happened to reach out to a bunch of guys and there was a lot of interest from the team and, it actually started this whole massive Facebook debate between the 26, 2006 guys and the, the 2012 guys about which team would win. Um, so we talked about doing like a, uh, a closed door dream team style scrimmage, but um, yeah, we, uh, we were able to follow through and we can go into the roster in a little bit more detail, but that's, uh, that's how it got started and, and kind of what brought us to, to this year's team. That's awesome, man. Um, that's kind of cool. It's like a, it's like a startup in and of itself, TBT, then. It's like, you know, someone just came up with the idea, funded it, and got going. And now it's, like, huge. And, um, you know, I, it, just teams that, you like you said, practice before, and um, they really prepare for it. Yeah, I think the last 2015 season, I remember going to watch the game. Was it, uh, is it over at LaSalle? No. It was Philly, Philly U. Or- Philly U. Yeah, so I remember going to watch the game. You guys had assembled a pretty good team, honestly. You, you had a I remember, decent uh, squad. I just big man wise, we were like, because I think Sammy Givens didn't show the first time, or I forget what was going on. I think Fouch was hurt too. I, I remember Massena and Fouch were there. Yeah, I was there too. We were all there. Um, we were all wearing the same polo. <laughs> <laughs> no suits. Yeah, I was going to say I was wearing a suit. I don't know about you. But um, so, yeah, who's our squad this year? Yeah, so 
as Leon said, we actually now have five of Drexel's top 25 scorers all time, which is pretty cool, right? There has been, there's been 122 years of Drexel basketball and five of them are all going to be suiting up. Uh, if we get an at large bid into the tournament, those guys are, uh, Chris Fouch, France, Sammy, Rodney, and, uh, our newest addition is Tavon just signed on. Oh, nice. Uh, so that gives us five out of the top 25. In addition to those guys, we have Kaz. Uh, I'm really excited that Kaz is playing because he was actually a senior at Drexel when we competed in 2015. And he came to our workout and he actually came to the game and sat on the bench with us. So I think that it could become a cool tradition where guys know you play your, your four years at Drexel and then you this is a way to still stay involved and still represent uh, on the court. And so I'm excited that he's joining us. Uh, we've got Rodney and Mo from the class of 2017, um, which is really exciting that they're literally going to step right off the court. Um, and then we've also got Shannon Gibbons who played for us in, um, in 2015. You guys remember he was obviously Sammy's brother and played yep. here at Drexel. And then last we have Earl Brown. Earl is, a St. Francis alum who's playing pro in England. He is a client of our head coach, James Clark. And JC's got a pretty cool story. He was a former Drexel women's assistant, and he's now running his own um, player development company. And he trains guys from Deontay Murray, who's in the uh, or was just eliminated in the playoffs um, last night for the Spurs. Uh, he trained Ben Simmons before the draft last year. Uh, he's training Quade Green from Newman Gretti, who's going to Kentucky. So he brings a lot of uh, street cred in terms of player development. So we're excited to have him as our head coach. Nice. It's a solid roster. So how do we make sure that the Drexel team gets in? That's uh, <laughs> you, you know, All of us have felt the pain of, of at-larges. I was actually, Tino and I were in the room in 2007. Oh, man when they had the party and ESPN was there and it was like every commercial, we went from being super hyped to just regular hyped to a bit sad to pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing shit <laughs> yeah. Um, on national TV, mind you. So, um, yeah. you know, I think that it's interesting, right? They, they have made the, the process of getting into the tournament very democratic and it's part of the allure. You could be, six guys who played high school ball together and get 2000 votes and get in and get to play against former NBA and D one players. So, so that's pretty cool. And on the flip side, um, it's, it's tough. It's tough to get votes. There's $2 million on the line. And so right now we're in a position with just under a week to go where um, we're pretty long ways off in terms of votes needed. Um, so we need to hope for an at large, They've been pretty clear, though. Um, they're a for-profit entity, and they are going to choose the teams that have the skill to compete and put on a good performance on the court, that have loyal fan bases that are going to come out and pack the arenas, um, that are going to make ESPN look good, um, that have kind of a national reputation for folks that are going to be watching on ESPN3 and some of the other, the other outlets. So um, when you take a look at our story. Um, I think that we have a very good shot on, on all of those checkboxes. Our team has, it's comprised of all guys that played D one and most played professionally uh, this past year. Um, you've got 
a school that's been on ESPN a number of times. And I think that we all know that we've represented ourselves pretty well on ESPN in the past from the Sam Houston game to um, more recently, we had the the five overtime win at the garden against Alabama, um, the game that Damian got hurt. And so all of those are, are good lobbying points for, for TBT to consider us as um, you know, if you think about it in terms of return on investment, if they invest in giving us a spot, um, what can we do to, to, to make that pay off? So I'm hopeful that if we get in, um, we can really work the Drexel network and, and pack the house. Zach Spiker reached out last week and asked how he can help. Um, and, and I'll be leveraging him a bit more if we do get a bid. So it's, is there more we can do? Is there more we can do on the vote, get out the vote standpoint? Or do you think that ship is sailed and we're just trying to sell the at large? I'll, I'll, you know, I'll never settle. So I think that um, if we, if we really, you know, it's, it's, it's probably a question of getting out and touching three or 4,000 people in order to get the six, seven, 800 that we need to get into the top seven in the next mm-hmm. uh, or top nine in the next seven days. So I think that would be tough. Um, at this point, I think we need well, to let's pitch it right here on the Dragons cast. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I, I think you know what I noticed I know. when I went and will cast my own vote uh, for the tournament was that they do make it like you actually do have to commit, and that's again for a uh, for a, I guess it's a for profit uh, tournaments. So it makes sense that they want to make sure that the people that are actually voting are also going to be the ones that end up showing up buying the tickets, making sure that uh, courts are, uh, the actual uh, arenas packed and all that stuff. So it makes perfect sense, but it's not as, you know, it's not like as simple as voting for say a poll on a, uh, uh, one of those news outlets or anything like you that. Have it, you in, have to sign in. You have to sign in. There's a, and that, that little bit of deterrence is sometimes all it takes for a lot of people to be like, eh, you know what? I got to, uh, put in this information and follow a link that they emailed to me to actually cast my vote. That's too much to do, which again, to go back to what they're trying to do, it makes perfect sense. But, uh, it, you know, if we can do anything to kind of let people, uh, kind of step above that point of deterrence, maybe, we, you know, I think we have somebody on the phone that works in like Mark, like, yeah, don't we have a market? digital marketing Just guy in California <laughs> or something, something that's, that. Supposed to know something about this? I don't know if he's still on. Maybe he's I, surfing. I can bring out all of the uh, Drexel alums in LA. <laughs> all, all one of them? <laughs> hey, there's like 25 of us out here. There you go. I think that the, the big thing that we can do is we know that we have a core group of 50 to 200 really, really passionate Drexel alums that have been following the Hoops team through through the ups and downs of the years. If if those 50 or 100 people can all tweet at the tournament, can all share, can all say, you know, we'll be there in the stands if this team gets a bid, that will make a huge difference. Okay, yeah, no, that's the least we can do, I think. Uh, you can definitely count on us doing that, but if I, if you like, I feel like if you're, if you're an active listener of uh, this thing and you actually care about Drexel basketball, who wouldn't give another shot at seeing some of these guys play, especially, uh, you know, that was that great, uh, that was that good uh, article that you sent me, uh, Rob, from the Mid-Major Madness that kind of went over how we, you know, got snubbed five years ago, and a lot of those guys are coming back to kind of play together. And, I, you know, there's, uh, I would, I would gladly pay money to watch these guys play, 
just because I do think they got snuffed five years ago. I do think these uh, we you know that's the year we are VCU made a Final Four on it. We could have potentially beat them, and it could have been us up there as far as I'm concerned. So to see the, I think anybody that listens to this podcast would gladly, gladly uh, pay money to watch these players uh, out there again. So hopefully we can get some people. Uh, going out there, at least, if not tweeting, at least voting and tweeting. I don't see why not. I, mean, I love tracking our former players. Like, I try to keep up with their careers, like where they're going and what they're doing, but it's hard to even watch games because, first, it's not in English, and then it's you know, weird times of the night. Like, I see clips here and there, but, you know, getting to see them actually play in person again, like some of your favorite players, I think is uh, a rare opportunity. And in combinations that we never saw, you know, uh, getting to see. Kaz, uh, I guess all these guys probably played together in some way, shape, or form. But, you know, a backcourt of Rodney in his prime and Sammy in his prime, what could that look like? I, I actually, I'm curious to hear your guys' opinions. Um, what would uh, what would you guys go with uh, for a starting lineup? From this squad, I'm going to go, I mean, I mean, Sammy's definitely starting. Sammy's a more experienced right there. You want to put point. Sammy in the starting lineup, though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sammy, first of all, he's, he's older, so he's – Definitely better at this point. Um, other big men? That's probably Rodney. I mean, I don't know who else. How do these salaries work out? Like, I see, like, is that what um, they're listed on the site? Is that just what they would get paid if we win at all? Is that how it works? Exactly, yep. Yeah. You're only taking 20 grand, Rob? Short, yeah, I'm a, I'm a man of the people. I <laughs> see that. <laughs> see, I'd probably, who's our point guard here? Franz. Um, Oh, I didn't see Franz. Oh, yeah, definitely Franz. How's Fouch's knee? Is he is he playing professionally right now? Like, he's one of the guys I don't quite know what he's doing. He's not. He's not. But I think we all know that that guy could probably get out of, out of bed when he's 80 years old and drop threes. The funny thing about him was in 2015, I remember I was at work, and this was, I think, two days before our first game. And he texted Jake and I that his knee just swelled up like crazy. It was huge. And so he's like, you know, I'll, I'll still show up. I'll still show up. Maybe I can play. And we got to fill you that day of the game and it had gone down a little bit, but it was still huge. Right. And if it was me, like if I have one ailment, I'm not even walking to the fridge. <laughs> um, and it, you know, we, it's classic Chris Fouch. He, he suited up and I remember he didn't start. And I think he only played maybe about 10 minutes total, but with this jacked up knee, he goes out there and I think he might've missed his first one. And then he cashed his second one. And it was, again, that's what's kind of cool about this, right. To, to get to see Chris go and do something like that again. It's, it's, it's pretty, dare I say magical. I loved watching Chris Fouch play. I mean, you know, I think it's, I love the opportunity to watch these guys play again. So, I mean, you know, anything we can do, you know, I know it's yeah. But going back to the starting lineup question, <laughs> I know. Oh, for sorry, really getting off page. Franz Fouch, Sammy, um, who else we got on here? Unless you're um, running a four guard lineup and you're playing. Well, I mean, you got Mejia and Tavon too. Who do you okay? So I think beef over Rodney. I mean, so so I think Franz and Fouch are older though too. Franz and Fouch are definite. I think Sammy and Rodney are definite as far as for me. So who's our fifth starter? So that's the real question. I think that's why I'll go with the beef. Is the fifth starter? I like his little size. Depends on who you're going against. 
A beef? That's a what? A Kaz is going to be your fifth starter. No, who play the four? Ryan I was going to say five. it's going to be between, between Tavon and Mejia. Or Sammy playing three. I think both Tavon and Mejia are used to coming off the bench. Dom actually just signed on with another team in the Dominican, so he's not going to make it. He's uh, oh, really? oh, okay. Well, that makes the decision easier. Oh, I forgot about Sammy. Okay, maybe tight end. Sammy, Rodney, Fouch, Masanat, and um, Tay's not Tay. short. All right, Tay's a good size I think he'll be good. I think Tavon will actually be good in this format. Um, that in this, yeah, absolutely. Who's Earl Brown Jr.? He is a six-five-ish uh, wing. Um, if you actually go on YouTube and search Earl Brown, there's a pretty cool clip of him lighting up this one squad. Granted, you know, quality, who knows, but lighting up this squad for like 43 points. Um, and then there's another video of him training with uh, with JC. Um, and JC doesn't pick anybody. You know, I, I've asked him before. He has not yet trained me. Um, <laughs> which is probably why I'm not in the NBA. But, uh, yeah, he looks pretty good. Um, I think uh, he'll be a nice addition. I think, you know, we've got a pretty athletic, you know, if we don't have seven-footers like some of these other guys have, we've got guys that can get up and down the floor. And, um, you know, there's some big names in, in TBT, but some of those guys haven't played in quite a few years where most most of our guys um, are in pretty good shape. Sammy, I know, has added a, a nice mid-range slash perimeter game. Uh, to his arsenal since he graduated. So that'll be interesting to see. If you oh, guys sure. are looking at – are you guys looking at the, the tournament website page? Yeah, I am, yeah. Yep. Uh, check out Bobby Jordan's profile photo. <laughs> is that is – that, uh, is Bobby Jordan expecting? <laughs> <laughs> he is. I texted him and I said, what is your profile? And he goes, oh, that's my baby putting his hand up like I am. Oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> Pretty cool. Was there any was there anybody Rob that you reached out to who was thinking about playing but isn't going to be able to other than Dom, I guess? Yeah, there was a couple guys. So Scott um, Scott was originally going to join us, but he ended up joining um, Markeith and Marcus Morris's uh, team. They've got a couple Philly guys, and I don't know. I think. Uh, as cool as I think I am, two NBA guys running the team is probably a bit more uh, alluring than 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 I. Um, who else? Uh, Phil Goss is playing on um, the team that won the region the last two years. They're really good. City of God. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I remember. He's that's a, he's that's a miss. Uh, I wish we could get him. Um, Does he play a lot for them? Oh yeah, he was their starting point guard and. Um, he, I mean, he's really good. Uh, I only was there. You guys had. Oh Phil man, I remember players. Phil Goss. Oh yeah, yeah. Phil. he wasn't a point guard though. No, he was no, not a point that's guard. That's the weird part. Yeah, like, he didn't pass very much. He was, <laughs> he was the kind of fired guy that a lot would, of threes. Yeah. He would shoot a, It would be a three-on-one fast break, and he would pull up for three. <laughs> yeah. But was, we loved it. Yeah, yeah, Phil was great. Yeah. I love Phil Goss. Yeah, so Phil's on on that team. He hasn't signed up yet. I've been checking. Um, secretly, I'll be like very happy if he doesn't because. That's a good player, not showing up for a good team. Um, and then who else? Frank, we we really wanted, um, and Sammy was really lobbying for Frank to play, but um, he's got a bunch of commitments and mm-hmm. and he's things been over in the beast summer. mode over in Europe, from what I can yeah. tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, you know, it's tough because these guys play all year round. They're away from their families, and so you know they're they're 
couple months of vacation, it's it's a lot to ask for guys to go and travel, you know, to yeah. a whole other yeah. city. Um, uh, so Frank and then Chaz wanted to take the summer off, um, but he's still he's still playing and, and doing well. Um, yeah, I think that was it. Um, in 2015, I I like harassed Malik Rose to come out of retirement. <laughs> That didn't work, and I think he might have even blocked me on Twitter. So, Malik, <laughs> oh, if you're listening, uh, no hard feelings, and the offer's still out there. Any word on uh, Daryl or Darte? What are they up to? Yeah, Darte played last time, um, and I know Sammy had reached out to him to try to see if um, if he'd be interested in playing, but I think he wants to take the summer off. And Daryl's actually not playing anymore. He's, um, he's, he's working in security right now. So... Um, mm-hmm. But again, hopefully, you know, maybe those guys can come down and spend the weekend. And if this could be a weekend where people come into town and get together and go to Cavs. And uh, ironically enough, the last uh, the last time we played in 2015, um, we were like, all right, we're all going to go out to Cavs after this. Because, you know, why wouldn't you go relive your glory days at Cavs after an alumni <laughs> basketball yeah. game like this? Yeah, sure. So we're heading out. We're leaving Old City. And who do we see in Old City? Rodney and his girlfriend, and they are going to an art gallery. And so I was like, Jesus Christ, you know, us degenerate alumni are going out to Cavs, <laughs> and, you know, the student is going to an art gallery. This is, uh, it says a lot for the, the, the quality of person Rodney is versus the, the company that I keep. Absolutely. No, the, and not, not about the company you keep, but Rodney <laughs> being a class act, of course. <laughs> Make sure Nick knows about that. See if that plays into his big data stats. <laughs> the basketball tournament so this is you said it started in 2014 so this is kind of and they've added just a million dollars to the purse and locked up a national deal with espn so it's it's pretty impressive what they've been able that to do it's impressive I, i'm surprised they've been able to i guess how quickly they've kind of to get a deal with espn i don't know if that means the, the, the baseball is really taking a tip or well, how does the basketball tournament get it like that is a that is a dead time for sports, right? It Other is. than baseball, there's yeah. really nothing going on. It's an opportunity. They took advantage of it. Live sports that can attract any audience will always get a TV de- deal in this day and age. It's one of the few things people don't DVR. It's probably That's a lot of people, like, lot like us, that want to see their college alumni play again. There's a bunch of other alumni teams. I think Syracuse has one. Pitt has one. Um, I don't know. I've seen a bunch of them. Who's on the overseas I elite? Think they won two in a row. Who's on that team? I don't know offhand. Check. No, I have no idea. But I don't even like. Sorry, Liam, but like Weber State, I think they're they're coached by Damian Lillard. I'm pretty oh, sure. really? Who was a Weber State alum? But but still, he's coming back to coach. Yeah, so I mean, that gets a lot of you know people excited about it. I'm sure if we had Malik on the bench, we'd bring a little more. Yeah, why can't we get Malik to coach? If only he didn't block Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Malik, if you're a listener out there, I'm block Rob, please. Rob. <laughs> Malik is also That's a Malik. Dragon's cast. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably Willy Willy Y. <laughs> the one reviewer. The one reviewer we have. But so the one thing the basketball tournament is trying out, and I think Bill, uh, Nick, you mentioned this. Uh, there's an article on ESPN about it. Is a new approach to how we, uh, I guess, how crunch time ends up being in basketball, which is five minutes turning to 25 minutes with a lot of fouling and free throw shooting, and they're trying to avoid that. Uh, and I guess uh, Nick, you were saying some who who did the crunching on this? Some some random some random like, big data guy. Some like yeah, some big data guy uh, named Nick Elam 
Mm. Um, sent a bunch of emails to like Cuban and Kiki Vanderway about this like new way to get rid of. He was a 34 year old middle school principal from Dayton, Ohio. And this changed. It. I guess the. Hey man, anybody can be anything in this I day guess and age. So. But he came up with a great idea to um, try and get rid of the fouling at end of games and just constant free throws. The idea is that after the three minute mark, the next dead ball. Um, the team, the game will change from a timed game to an untimed game, and you will add seven points to whatever team is winning at the time. Um, if it's tied, it's just seven points to the tie score, and then you play to that score. So no longer become so. If you're up twenty points, um, the winning team only has to get seven more points, and the losing team has to get twenty-seven points. So it's a big hole for the team down. Um, but at the same time. The winning team still has to get seven points, so they're not running the clock out, um, which I think is an interesting uh, concept. Um, you know, could add to a, the length of games a little bit, um, but I think it's uh, one thing that I, in the article that was, you know, we could post the show notes after, NBA executives are looking at the, the basketball tournament as kind of an example of something that, you know, maybe applicable to the D-League or maybe even the NBA someday just to kind of keep things exciting and fresh. So I'd be really interested to see how how it works. Bill, you look skeptical. No, when I first heard about it, I thought it was, uh, like when I first started hearing about it, I thought it was dumb. But then uh, I actually really liked it. Like, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. The end of basketball games are painful at times with all the fouls. And this still brings the game up for grabs for anyone, really. Even if you're down 20, it's not... It's not likely that you're going to win, but it's Gives more you possible chance. than having yeah. to foul a guy 45 times yeah. and hoping they miss foul shots. So, uh, yeah. So I like it a lot. I I thought that what they should do is if it's an obvious fouling situation, if you foul someone intentionally in the backcourt to send them to the free throw line, it's four free throws. If you foul them outside the three point line but inside half court, it's three free throws, and then everything else is still two. And then the game's definitely over then at that point. I mean, yeah, that actually hurts the team that's down. Yeah, but the team that's down should have spent the rest of the 46 minutes prior to that trying to win the game. I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll see how this works in the tournament. I mean, I think they're just trying to make it more. Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to this in this setting. It'll be interesting. I'm just thinking, like, what they could do at the NBA level. I don't see something like this ever making it into the NBA. But This would be, be a drastic... This would be and, one of the more drastic changes, I feel like, that <laughs> and I think a in, could make. In the NBA, you don't really see a lot of fouling like you do in college. I think because the shot clock is so um, it's so small in the NBA. Like you don't you see it a little bit. You only uh, see it if there's like a really shitty free throw shooter on the floor and they just yeah. foul that guy every five seconds. Or if it's real close. quite a bit of a check. I remember when oh, Shaq. There's a hack of Tristan Thompson now. DeAndre yeah. Jordan. Yeah, DeAndre yeah. Jordan, yeah. I think the thing you see more in the NBA is teams using. Hold on, Marshall. Are you still there, Marshall? Can you hear me? <laughs> sound like Mr. Roboto. Yeah. It's you sound like you're stuck in the fourth dimension. Yeah, you're stuck somewhere. Come back to us, Rob. What do you think of the rule? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm out of basketball. Has been around for a lot of years. It, it, it seems like uh, to change it now. Um, I guess the same could be said, cameras inside cell phones. Um, so if it was up to me, there would be no innovation. But I don't know. This seems just like uh, maybe an unnecessary fix to a problem that 
isn't necessarily there. I mean, how many times have, have how many times have teams fouled their way into a win? Um, you know, no one was complaining then. So yeah, I think what they're saying is it almost never happens, um, and this would allow the. I guess it would allow for a few more upsets, but also it, the end of the game is painful sometimes. Like if you're up 12 points and there's fouling, it's just free throws, free throws. Yeah, extends it around free throw. Yeah, it's painful. But I think this is a per- perfect format to test it out. To test it out because it's yeah. just a one-time tournament. You can kind of do whatever it's you want. It's just only the play-in game or something, right? It's just the play-in game yeah, of the team. It's not even like throughout the tournament. And like someone else was saying, like, yeah, you could still fuck around with that system too. Like you can, you know, it's the first dead ball after three minutes. So if you're winning by, um, or, or yeah, if you're winning, you can just kind of kill the clock after three minutes. Hmm. Um, so that, you know, I don't, what, what there's no shot clock? Is there a shot clock still? Or I know the clock stopped overall, but is there still... Or is the shot clock off as well? Well, I think everything... It, it's um, timed up until the end of three minutes. So then... Um, and once the dead ball hits, then that's when they add the seven points and it's an untimed game. So why wouldn't one team, the winning team, just hold the ball? Yeah, so that's what... There's like okay. little games you could play with that, but I don't think, you know... The idea yeah, it still does eliminate the foul old shots. Old school so. basketball, like yeah. those old videos you see. Yeah, I mean, back and forth with the same ball. There should be a shot clock. No, I mean, I think that. I don't know. I think there's a shot. clock. Oh game. yeah, I think there's still a shot clock. Yeah, I mean, oh, all right, never mind. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how it, how it plays out. I think that's a good format for. Like I said, it's only it's the a good playing experiment. game. I can't handle the experiment. I don't know if necessarily I'd uh, buy into it, and I'd like to see it happen a couple of times. I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like I said, when Nick first started explaining to me, I was like, "This is dumb." I yeah. thought it was dumb when I first read it, too. And, and then, then I like, thought about it a little bit. Yeah, then you, as you went into more of it, I was like, okay, that could possibly work. See how it goes. So, it should be interesting. Hopefully, we'll be in the playing game and Hopefully. see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I, from a, the basketball tournament, I, I do want to talk about a couple of other things, but from a, a basketball tournament, is there anything else that I think uh, would be worth covering? or Go vote. I voted. I posted my Facebook. I don't know if it's going to help Rob, but... I voted. I didn't post on the Facebook. I did last time, but I'll... I should post I'll get on that. Dragon's Cast. We'll put something out I'll there. I'll start lobbying some more, for more votes. See what we can Our do. Our millions of fans. We'll get no, on I that. think more than votes at this point, what might be more helpful, sounds like at least, is tweeting at the handle of uh, the too. basketball tournament. Just letting him know that even, you know, even if you don't have the votes, if you have the fans that can actually show up. You've got it. Exactly. Lobby, lobby at the tournament. We will swing our, our weight around here, Rob. Okay, I'm glad you went with <laughs> the weight. Dragon cast I'm glad weight. you went Why with would weight. I go with anything else? I don't know. I'm not drunk. Okay. But uh, we did have some stuff happen, well, I guess, since the last recording that we had from an overall uh, Drexel roster standpoint. Jeremy Peck, no longer a dragon. We speculated on that before. I mean, I think it was kind of... We were right. We like those pundits that yeah. were right. I think... Uh, I think we said Sam Green, too, though, with Sam Green's still uh, I think it was possible Sam Green, but I think Peck was more likely than Kennedy. It was the two that we yep, talked yep, about a little true. bit more. Just because, I mean, Peck really just, I don't know, wasn't going to fit in. I didn't think as much. Sam Green got a little minutes at the end of the year and actually looked... Mm-hmm. Pretty decent. Be was surprised why he didn't get minutes throughout the year because he looked good at the, was the St. Joe's game. That's why I thought he was going to transfer because it was kind of didn't really make a lot of sense why he wasn't getting any minutes. But if, if you look, uh, I was I've been taking a good look at the roster lately. We essentially, I mean, before our latest pickup actually had no four. There was not a single four on the roster. I know he was kind of playing 
in like a three, but I think his natural position actually is more of an undersized four, hmm. uh, like Sammy Givens. I think he really in high school at least he wasn't a three point shooter. He was more of a post up guy, and I think one of his like. Twitter, uh, at least I follow him on Twitter, and one of his friends like told him to get back in the post. Even oh, really? On, <laughs> even on Twitter. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he goes into that role next year because we don't have a lot of depth at the four. We got two yeah, new guys. So, you, Bill, you want to give us a background on the new guys considering you're the recruit? Yeah, so there. we picked up, um, I don't know how to pronounce this exactly, he's from Turkey, isn't he? Alihan Demer, mm-hmm. I think. Alihan Demer. Whole, what's Alejandro? No, Alihan no, Demer. Oh. <laughs> but what's his whole stance on the, you know, Ergodon? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Does he think he's the head I haven't, I haven't the seen it. Turkey? Um, I did not see anything about his political stances on oh, um, the state of Turkey. Um, but I did watch a bunch of highlight videos of his, which I found more concerning for my benefit. So, um, he looks like a pretty solid four. I mean, he can score inside a little bit. Um, he can shoot the three a little. His percentage wasn't great. Uh, I think he only shot about 25% from three-point land, but he can at least spread the floor a little bit. He looks like a good fit for our system. He can run the floor. He's pretty athletic. Um, he averaged 13 and a half a game. Uh, he's a Juco player and he's got three years of eligibility. I kind of figured we were going to look for a Juco prospect at the four because, like I said, we only have, we had actually zero guys in the roster from the four spot other than Sam Green and, um, Jarvis Doles, who was probably at four too, uh, but he's a freshman. So I figured we'd probably look to get some depth there. And, uh, I thought this kid was coming in as a junior, like usually a Juco prospect comes in as a junior. So I was thought he'd come in as a junior, but he has three years. So that's even better. Um, yeah, Hopefully most JUCOs are normally juniors, right? Yeah, typically. But I guess you can you can come out earlier. I don't know if you have to graduate. I don't know what the process is there. But he looks like a pretty solid prospect. I think he might fit well in our system. So um, hopefully he'll be able to contribute next year. Yeah, uh, and he's at, he's coming. We already have uh, Jarvis and Tim Perry. So that's our Tim. Guess, uh, Tim Perry's is yeah. Tim Perry's a center. Yeah, he's gonna be. He's a project, isn't he? He's actually not as raw as some of the other big men that we've got in the past. Like, he's probably has a little more offensive skill than Frank did as a freshman. He's not consistent yet. I watched mm-hmm. a bunch of his games, too, and he's kind of, um, like, sometimes he'll look really good, and other times he just, like, fires the ball over the hoop, and you're like, what are, what are you doing? But mm-hmm. As long as he's 6'10", we can work with that. No, he's 6'10". He's got a lot of potential. I mean, the kid could be really good. I, I don't know. I mean, we don't need him a ton next year. We have, like... Austin's going to start at the five, would be my guess. And then Tyshawn Miles will probably back him up. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'd be real curious to see how Austin progresses. And I don't want to talk too much about what our team looks like uh, next year. I'm sure we'll have plenty of time from now to when we have our first game. But Austin Williams is going to be uh, – the progression of Austin Williams will be very telling of how this, uh, I think, coaching staff is going to do, for me at least, for, at Drexel. Because – I think he's definitely has the physical attributes that you'd want in a big man. Can he? And he's showed glimpses of finesse when he's out there. Sometimes, if if it's all going to come together, that's a real big question, I guess. He made a huge jump from his sophomore to junior year. I mean, that was mm-hmm. like he almost was like a guy who wasn't doing anything. Yeah, no. To a guy who was, sure. I mean, he wasn't as good as Rodney, but he was our other solid offensive scoring option inside, and. If he makes even a half that jump next year, that gets him into double-digit scoring and maybe like you know 10, 11 points and six or seven rebounds a game. 
Is he going to be a senior? He's yeah. a senior next year. So is Tyshawn Miles. Yeah, so in that case, I'd want to see Perry get some good minutes as a freshman at least. I mean, I think Perry will see some time. I don't know, it's not like a redshirt situation, but um, but yeah, you think one those of those big guys is going to have to do some significant time, right? Oh, you think we're going to miss Rodney? <laughs> I, <don't>, <laughs> huh. I think Austin Williams is going to is going to be good. I think Austin Williams was arguably our best. Inside interior defender last year. Okay. <laughs> interior <laughs> defender. Yeah. Rebounder. Yeah, it's specific, yeah. I, I don't think he got the ball a lot, and when he did get the ball, he was pretty decent. So um, he's a little inconsistent. He had some games where he looked great, and some games where it's like, what the hell happened? Why, yeah, why is he? Why, yeah, where is he? Yeah, I, it could just as be because he didn't get the ball a lot of the time, but he's uh, the guy next year in the post. Oh so yeah, he's, yeah. He's we'll see what he it's does. His, yeah, it's see what he does. You know, I um I think he's got. Um, the the skill, the talent to do well. I think um, you know I I feel like he'll be okay. I think it's if next year is going to come down. I don't want to go too much into projecting next year, but it's going to come down to who contributes as the bigs because we have a ton of guards next year. I mean the guards are just we have like six guys for three positions who all can score with um, the two transfers and everyone that we have returning. Um, so if Demur or or um, like or Austin steps his game up, or even Sam Green. If Sam yeah, Green exactly. can uh, contribute from the four spot, sure. that would be a big help for us. But we'll see what happens there. The other big news, I, I as I came out uh, during the off season, is uh, Bruiser's got a new job. He's not on TV. Like we all thought he'd uh, take a few years to be on TV, and you know uh, he took uh, what was it? What we uh, got the gardening fee he had for this year. His contract was already uh, paid for, and he just got to sit out and enjoy watching a lot of basketball. Good nice. for him. Yeah. And there was a great article on uh, was it Philly dot com or something, or was it one of the basketball? I thought it was uh, one of the Philadelphia websites that put out an article about what he did in his off year. And it sounded like he had a great year. Watched a lot of basketball. Watched a lot, a lot of basketball. Practices. Watched even some Drexel basketball. Watched the, you know with Zach Spiker. So. That was cool. At the yeah. Palestra. Yeah, yeah, that was at the Palestra. Cool. That was freaking awesome. He's back to work now. Punching yeah. the old time card at Indiana. Indiana. With uh, their new coach, um, Sean Miller. No, Archie Miller. Right? Is it Archie Miller? The Dayton coach? Yeah. Yeah. Now I know I know Bruiser as a head coach. Our experience at Drexel, we we've had our ups and downs, but overall, I'd say Bruiser was uh, a defensive coach and a half. But I mean, we we struggled. But what we disliked about him was probably the some, certain end game situations and maybe uh, the pulling off your best player off the court when he makes the first defensive mistake out there. But as an assistant, uh, especially for. Uh, a team like Indiana, I think he's going to be uh, way above the typical grade of what you would get. Yeah, if you use him as like a defensive coordinator, and I mean, he probably hasn't had to do the recruiting like he would uh, as a head coach, but I, I think he'll actually be a very good recruiter for them as well. I mean, he did a nice job here, but sometimes a lot of the like grunt work is on the assistants, so it'll be interesting to see how he um, does at Indiana, but I think he'll be a good recruiter there as well. He's the main assistant, right? To be honest with you, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I'm I looking at an article right now. Um, I'm really surprised he took an assistant's job. I thought everyone was saying that he wanted to be a head coach. Uh, I mean, it, sometimes the market dictates what you can get. That's a good point, Marshall. And I also think like if he wants to get another reasonably decent job, going for an, to be an assistant for a couple of years, 
will be beneficial for him because he'll end up coming out and maybe be in more demand than he would be coming off of this. And then he would have had to drop down, like, I mean, not out of D1, but he probably could have got a lower-tier D1 job. So this might be a better move for him in the long run. Yeah, I mean, um, I was surprised Indiana actually fired the coach they had before, like Tom Korean. You know, like he, they had a couple good teams with him. I think they were like, I think they have um, they have humongous expectations. Yeah, they have unrealistic there. expectations there. They want to be competing for a national title, and yeah, I mean, if they they're were not really good, like two years ago, and they had, I guess they didn't make the tournament last year, and that was like a huge freaking thing, but. It's not like they were terrible. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he does. I think, you know, if he if his focus is on defense and recruiting, that's going to be a pretty good focus for Bruiser. I mean, I'll be following Indiana. I think we're all rooting for the guy. I mean, he's a great, he's a great guy in general. So, I mean, he's always treated it. Um, I mean, us personally, I think, well. And he's been a great supporter of the DAC pack, too. So, you know, wish the guy nothing but the best. And I'll be following Indiana to see how they do. It's funny, I'm a, I'm a, on this Reddit channel for Indiana basketball. Yeah, I'm just... I'm on Did you find that too. there? No, There's I, a Reddit channel, uh, I guess, Reddit like thing. So Archie Miller's staff's going to be Bruiser Flynn. Uh, I don't know the other guys, but Tom Ostrom from Dayton, Ed Schilling from UCLA, and uh, Bill Comar as... Uh, uh, Bill Comar. So, but it's Sounds funny. like Bruiser has the most experience out of everybody. Absolutely. And it's also funny because I'm kind of looking through what people mention Bruiser down in this uh, little channel. And some people, this one guy, uh, is like, Bruce, uh, just, uh, just random comment. Bruiser Flynn is awesome. And Drexel came to Boulder a few years back. This guy's from Colorado. Uh, he dropped enough F-bombs during the game to put Scarface to shame. So. <laughs> What's that guy's username? That's a great boy. Maybe he, we can get him to review our uh, podcast. Yeah, we need him to get on. Uh, but other people are just happy about Bruiser's name. They love the name Bruiser Flint. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's uh, which, a cool name. Which it is, you know, you know, his name's, name's not that, but that's what he seems to go by anymore. Nobody knows that. What is his first name? James? James. Yeah, so. But... Uh, some people are saying that Bruiser needs to get the head coach job. Uh, could should be able to get the head coach job at Colorado. I don't know why Colorado's just trolling this <laughs> Indiana channel. But, <laughs> oh man! But uh, it seems like people are actually excited to have him there, which is awesome. You know, that's what you want when you go into a new program. And I think Bruiser is going to flourish there as uh, the defensive mindedness that he has under a head coach. Uh, so that. Uh, so, I think mean, good for him. I was He'll get to go up against his uh, pal Calipari on a yearly basis. Grand yeah. Basis. Oh, yeah. I was a little surprised that he... That, uh, you would think he would... Maybe for an assistant job, yeah. if, he was going, if he was fine not getting a head coach job, he uh, wouldn't end up with Calipari again. But Man, maybe he didn't have a spot right now. I think he, he offered him, I think, well, he wanted to get him as an assistant when he was still a coach at Drexel, I think. So, yeah, maybe it was just a timing thing. So, good luck to Bruiser. Absolutely. We'll watch him. Absolutely. So, I, I think the last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the, the fact that Bell did lose the bet. That's right. He paid me $20. He paid you $20 physically or was it through Venmo or something? He did the Kirk Lee Venmo. Yeah, the bet that I lost, I paid you $20 on. Yeah. What was the bet again? The Kirk Lee would win freshman of the year. He refused yeah. to pay me on the Rodney Williams bet for the technicality that, that was expressed. He didn't lose that bet technically. I didn't lose that bet. Okay. There's no forwards on the fir- on the first team. That was the bet. But there there was <laughs> Bill is always wrong. 
which was a side bet in addition to that, right? Is that a bet? I don't know. Like, if there was enough votes to say that Bill was always wrong, as opposed to, you know, to Nick knows nothing Nick about knows marketing. Nothing about, yeah. I don't think I ever agreed to that, and Nick does know nothing about oh, marketing. Oh, I think I think I could pull footage on you. Agree I think it was one to one if you look at the Twitter hashtag. So it's up to up to it's Christina. Up to, uh, I think it's up to Leon's wife, the lawyer. Oh man, to decide on the twenty dollars. She's definitely gonna side with Bill. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if I was Bill, Bill helped I would, us. I Bill helped me put personally. a coffee table together. Uh, this just week. From, put that coffee together. <laughs> coming up huge. Just from the spirit of the bet standpoint, I would man up and pay. But that's just me. Bill's yeah. Bill. I'm me. You put a stipulation on the bet. I put a stipulation on the bet. My stipulation worked. The bet was nullified. <laughs> I don't know what you're complaining about. If you didn't put the stipulation, there would have been no stipulation for stipulation, me. Stipulation. You can blame yourself. It's okay. We'll have, a, like we'll have a, a whole host of new bets next year. I'll make sure to get my, my legal counsel here to outline <laughs> them when we go forward. Okay. Can we do um, side and prop bets at your wedding? Yeah, Absolutely. It's encouraged. Yeah. How drunk will Nick be? That's. I think that's when we'll have our next recording, probably, of the wedding. Oh, uh, right. this is a great time. Nicole. <laughs> Nick's fiance, Nicole. Loves the podcast. The only thing she loves more than us recording the podcast at Nick's place, usually later in the night. Yes, very late, drunkenly. Yeah. <laughs> Notice Nicole's not even here. I yeah. told her the podcast is happening, and she like just packs on things on her schedule at night, so she's yeah, where not is even she? here. Yeah. She <laughs> knows the podcast it's is a happening. late night for a teacher. So 15 years from now, when Nick is thinking about an affair, he's going to blame it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, she doesn't listen to the podcast to hear these comments, yeah. Marshall. <laughs> I had her listen to the Yeah, the Camel segment. Yeah, the Camel. That was a classic. That's That was the highlight of our uh, first season. I thought about trying to enter a segment into this where Nick just quotes Bible scripture to start off every <laughs> podcast after three to four beers. I, I thought that would be... I think he knows one. I think he knows the Eye of the Camel. That's the only scripture he <laughs> yeah, knows. I know. The Eye of the Camel, though. <laughs> no, you know that's what? exactly I what he knows. Me. I listened to that one. Oh, and you, Leon was the one that steered me in the wrong direction because I was, I was uh, spitting the quote out, and he was like, "No, it's a camel." Yeah, no, it's a camel. And then, like, I just went to the eye of the camel, but I didn't realize. <laughs> you said it's harder for a rich man to go into the eye of a. Knee. And you were I like, was like, a camel. No, it's a camel it's to a go camel. into the eye. Yeah, that's why I thought the eye of a camel. Oh, okay, all right, that's a good excuse. I like it. <laughs> I mean, if anything can help the whole situation, I loved every minute of that. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I I think it's not a bad idea for uh, Nick to quote scripture. Yeah, we so, should. It might have to make it a segment. You should. Uh... <laughs> you can brush up. Mm-hmm. It'll be like drunk history, <laughs> but drunk scripture reading from Nick. Yes. Who knows more scripture, Nick or Minkus? <sighs> well, I don't know. I've never heard. <laughs> I don't know if Minkus could pull out of his ass. I don't think I know enough. I can't even come up with another scripture. We'll have to have you read it like a month before. And then you get drunk that day and try to recite it. I think that's the best way to that's go about it. Way. I think I need to relate it to something that's happening at Drexel Basketball. Okay, it has to be more Like natural. you did so perfectly with this one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll it wait till the season starts. All right, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll segment. wait on it, yeah. That's, that's something that's got to be hashed out off the podcast. We've had a couple of ideas like this on what Nick can do. One was uh, the Bible scriptures. We had sweeping generalizations. Which sweeping is, generalizations, that's always a classic. Nick special. Usually he sees... Uh, a person of a, a different, uh, like it could be a racial thing, it could be, a, it could be just a cultural thing. But mm-hmm. he sees one person do one thing, and he makes a sweeping generalization. <laughs> everybody in that uh, yeah. group of uh, that's people. A, that's a classic bit we could do here. Yeah, I, I think we should do good. that. 
When are we going to have the Nick Rodney confrontation interview? Oh, yeah. I actually want Rodney to come to Nick's apartment. That's actually and you know, a great segue. I, aren't we um, having <laughs> yeah, a we did summer? Yeah, we, we did reach out to Major and Rodney and uh, to start. And uh, we hope to have them in the upcoming weeks, if not months, to be on the podcast. So uh, I'd love to find out what Rodney is planning on doing in uh, his post-Drexel career, other than, of course, playing in the basketball tournament. But uh, and, and part of that, I'd like to get more and more of our alumni just on and to see, catch up with them, to see what they're up to. So, uh, so keep, uh, stay tuned. More to come on that. Just uh, off-season Dragons cast ideas is to get some of our alumni on here. To that'd be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Everything. It'll be fun just to yeah. catch up with some of those yeah, guys. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Uh, what they the, what they saw what how they like you know what, from their perspective on some of the things that we went through that I'm sure was cut probably a little deeper than for us. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear. You know, we see things from the external point of view. It'd be interesting to hear some of their takes. And you know, any fans that have any questions, submit them. Mm. How do they submit them? Do they do they send us a direct message? Is that is that the right <laughs> way to do it? I they think they can do Unless you're following them. Uh, yeah. It was just the addresses of one of those direct messages. Okay, first right. first of all, only only old Krusty Dragon is going to tweet at us about <laughs> about questions. So you can just yeah. let him, old Krusty Dragon, feel free to just tweet at the regular account. We'll take your we'll take your tweet and we'll ask the question directly to Rodney. Or send letters to one hundred Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> well, that forgets the address. I'll bleep that out. Yeah. I'll bleep that out. Yeah. But I think we can wrap with that. Let's wrap up, Rob. Uh, I think you're still on, but thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, it, Rob. Uh, if you're um, listening to this podcast, please, please, please go out, tweet at the basketball tournament, and let them know how much uh, you would love to see the top five, a top, uh, the five of the top twenty-five scorers of Drexel history play basketball again together. So we're gonna hit it. We're gonna hit it with the Dragons cast. Love it, guys. Thanks for having me. Nick, you want to sign us out? Zip it up, zip it out. Hey, Marshall, you been watching Silicon Valley? Yeah. <laughs> Not <Non-hot> hot dog? <laughs> did you get the app? I downloaded I the, app. the app yet. <laughs> that is hilarious. Has anyone tried to see if their dick was in fact a hot dog? <laughs> I have. <laughs> <laughs> Not hot dog. I should have known. I should have known. Well, I was going to send you that <laughs> screenshot. I was like, Nicole, I would ask Nicole, and Nicole's like, don't send him that screenshot. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. Yeah, I love Nicole. <laughs> I was going to send it just a oh, bowl. Did Not you put it dog. in a bun? That was, your, that was your problem. You needed to put it in a bun. I took a picture of a bunch of hot dogs. Not in a bun? No hot dog. Yeah, I think it needs to be in a bun. Oh, the hot dog needs to be in a bun? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want the picture. <laughs> <laughs> if you put that thing in a bun, please don't send it to me.